This is MMA Torch editor Jamie Pennick, and this is the Torch Daily News Brief for Thursday, April 1st, 2010. Um, after last night's Fight Night 21 event, uh, the 11th season of The Ultimate Fighter debuted on Spike TV, and uh, it was one of the uh, not only single best episodes of The Ultimate Fighter, um, I think definitely uh, the, the best debut for any of the seasons thus far, and um, if the fights last night and, and the fighter showcase were any indication, we're in for one hell of an exciting season with some uh, highly talented young up-and-coming middleweights. Uh, uh, there was a, there was just a ton of action on this uh, uh, opening thing. We had 28 middleweights this season. Um, Dana White revealed the format where uh, the 28 would fight in opening round bouts to determine the 14 fighters that will make the house. Um, when those 14 fighters have faced off, uh, um, to whittle it down to seven, um, the coaches, along with uh, Chuck, or with Dana White, um, will pick two of the guys from this opening, uh, from the opening 28 that lost, to come back and get a shot to fill that eighth and final slot in the quarterfinals. So, um, with that said, uh, they went right into into the fights on the show, and it was it was nothing but fights for the entire episode. Um, got through all 14 of the fights, a lot of them by highlights, um, but some of them by just absolute blowout finishes, um, starting with the first two that they showed. Jamie Yeager and uh, Brad Tavares um, looked highly impressive with their uh, uh, quick victories. The two of them combined for um, wins in, in less than a minute of action for the, for the first two fights. Yeager came out against Ben Stark and just started throwing kicks, uh, wild, wild kicks, and landed a couple of them high, uh, in, including one that, while it was blocked, still got through to uh, Stark's head and knocked him to the canvas. Um, he finished up with uh, uh, some quick strikes on the ground, and uh, uh, the ref stopped the fight. Next up, Brett Tavares was just ridiculous, landed a, a knee right to the jaw of Jordan Smith, and then right after the knee landed, connected on a right hook before his knee, before his foot even touched the ground. Um, it was a massive one-two that put uh, Smith out cold. So, um, it was a, it was that, I mean, right there, that was a great start to the, uh, the night because it, 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 both Jaeger and Tavares um, looked highly impressive, and both are young guys with, uh, um, you know, limited experience in the cage, but, uh, um, Definitely, I mean, they're, they're the exact type of guys that the Ultimate Fighter is made for, is the up-and-comers that um, are taking this shot to get themselves into the UFC. And both Jaeger and Tavares did so in spectacular fashion to earn their uh, way into the house. Um, Chris McRae was the next one. Uh, it was an unfortunate injury for, for uh, Walker. Um, as McRae took him down, it kind of took his shoulder out of his socket, and uh, McRae took it by injury. Funny part of the episode, Norman Parisi, um taking on James Hammertree. Parisi before the fight, um, went on and on in the pre-fight interview about um, how a lot of people uh, think that the, the, the French that the French are soft and um, whatnot, and he was going to prove them wrong, but of course they set that up uh, because he ended up quitting on his stool after the first round, which led to Chuck Liddell making a a um, couple of comments about it quitting on your stool being as bad as tapping out to strikes, uh, something that Tito Ortiz did, 
um, to Frank Shamrock back at UFC 22. So uh, getting in a little early jab from Liddell to Ortiz. Um, speaking of which, Dana White talk, opened the show by talking about the uh, beef between him and Tito being squashed, but uh, Chuck Liddell uh, definitely still holding a grudge against Tito and, and not liking Tito. But back to the fight action, we got uh, uh, some highlights from the next set of fights. Nick Ring picked up a submission, submission victory over Woody Weatherby. Um, Kyle Noak opened up a nasty, nasty cut uh, against Warren Thompson uh, en route to a one-sided decision. Um, Court McGee picked up a decision victory. That, that one went to uh, a third round. It looked like it was a nice back-and-forth fight, um, but they only showed highlights of it. Uh, Victor O'Donnell and Chris Kamatsi, um another one that was uh, a good back-and-forth fight. Um, O'Donnell had his uh, orbital bone broken in the first round, but continued to fight all the way, and they ended up getting to a, a third round, and um, Kamatsi took it. They only showed highlights of this fight, so hard to get a, um, a real grasp over um, whether or not the right guy won there, but uh, Kamatsi took the third round by the judges and um, took the sudden victory. Um, Casey Ascola against Brent Cooper. Um, Ascola's record is... is not good, and he said he has, admits as much himself, but said um, not to uh, pay attention to that and uh, to um, just look at uh, what he does on the show. As uh, he took a bunch of fights that he shouldn't have taken, according to him, um, and he just rolled through Brent Cooper. It was a right hook that knocked him down, and um, really very one-sided, very quick. Um, very nice knockout. Ascola is definitely going to be someone to uh, someone to contend with in this. Uh, next up, it was Joe Henley and Konstantinos Filipou, um, who Konstantinos was dominating the fight based on the commentary that uh, Dana White was talking about because they just showed clips and uh, Henley pulled out a wild uh, armbar submission um, in desperation to win that fight. Uh, they just showed highlights of the next two as well, or the next few as well, with Rich Antonito winning a decision over Lyle Steffens, Josh Bryant winning a decision over Greg, Greg Rebello, and Jason Flynn uh, losing to Charles Blanchard um, with a bad, bad cut as well. So um, uh, that brought us all to the final fight of, of this card, which is... Um, Minnesota's own Charlie Lynch taking on Clayton McKinney, and uh, Lynch showed a ton of heart in this fight, but he got way outfought by his friend McKinney and uh, had his nose busted up to the point of uh, being completely unrecognizable um, compared to his his uh, uh, pre-fight interviews. Um, it, it was just one of the nastiest breaks, if not the worst nose break uh in the octagon, because uh, it, it literally just went inward and took a normal bridge nose and completely turned it into an L. Um, it was it, it was bad, and if you see the profile of him, it was even worse. But um, McKinney looked impressive. His takedowns were really good. His striking was definitely powerful. He uh, did some did some real damage, and um, you know, for the other guys in the house, if, if McKinney can do that against a someone that he really likes and is a friend of his, uh, th there could be some uh, some damage coming to them. But um, 
based on the performances, I think it depends on how long they had to wait in between fights and if Lynch um, is able to get medically cleared. I think his heart earned him a, uh, a shot back. Um, also, I, I think with Philippou uh, dominating the fight against Henley, that he'll also likely get uh, uh, the callback. But we'll find out what happens with that. Um, the rest of the uh, fights on tap for the year, I mean, we're, we're set for a really entertaining season of the Ultimate Fighter if this uh, is is any indication of what's going to happen with it, because, uh, I mean, already we saw a ton more fights and a ton, or a ton more entertaining fights than I think we did all of last season with the heavyweights. We didn't have people gassing out in the first round and um, plotting toward uh, decisions. This was... Um, a highly entertaining night of fights and a lot of talent, uh, comparatively speaking, towards each other um, from the middleweights on this season. So it should be a lot of fun to watch. Some uh, news briefs. We've got uh, uh, news on the the Vancouver UFC 115 card. It, it looks like it's it's going to be a go after all. Um, the the report earlier this week from the Canadian press was that uh, the event a source was said that the event was off. Uh, and they would they were looking at possibly going to Cincinnati, but uh, the UFC apparently gave city officials a 24-hour notice to get things figured out, or they were, were going to be moving on. And uh, from a report yesterday, the Canadian press uh, stated that Dana White said that uh, the event will take place as scheduled at the GM place on June 12th, and that uh, the insurance issues going into it had been figured out, so... Vancouver GM Place is uh, looking to still keep the UFC 115 card, though, with all the rumors surrounding Chuck Liddell and what's going on with who his possible opponent could be. Um, who knows what's going to happen for the headliner on this card, but uh, Vancouver's going to get their event, and uh, it's good for them, it's good for the Canadian fans, it's good for the growth of the sport uh, in general. Um, finally, Tiago Alves underwent brain surgery yesterday. Um, after the CT scans um, that he had pre-fight for UFC 111 um, showed an irregularity, which uh, ended up being a malformation on the left side of his brain. Um, That has now been taken care of. He should be able to return to uh, training in three weeks and um, hopefully make the the May return that he he talked about. So... um, that's all the news of the day. Um, we we got some uh, new features up on the or new columns up on the site today. Uh, I talked about last night's Ultimate Fighter in in one of my own. Um, Anwar Perez talked about um, has an article up about fighters needing to fight to their strength and not play to the uh, desires of some fans to see them change it up uh, to be more exciting or more well-rounded when they're um, when they've been able to do something really well and, and that's been their bread and butter um, kind of the crux of Anwar's argument so a good article to check out there uh, we started our, a, a new round table question today with uh, uh, concerning how the UFC should handle picking coaches for future seasons of the Ultimate Fighter um, and, and just questions on uh, how they should go about doing that uh, our first set of uh, answers come from Anwar Wesley Walker one of our specialists uh, Alex Williams, one of our contributors, and then two of our columnists, Bjorn Hansen and Matt Pelkey. So definitely give that a look. We'll have more roundtables throughout the week. 
um, and new questions going on as well. Um, we've got a set of six or seven questions that were answered by everyone, and uh, we'll, we'll get answers on all of those here in the coming uh, week and a half or so. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's all for today. Definitely um, remember to check in this Sunday as we'll have our uh, live cast once again from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time uh, on blogtalkradio.com slash Torch. And uh, that will also be available on iTunes. But definitely uh, check it out live and, and join us in on the conversation as we um, recap Wednesday's fight night as well as the Ultimate Fighter and then um, look ahead to the UFC 112 event from Abu Dhabi, which comes uh, a week from this Saturday. So uh, once again, thanks for listening in. This is Jamie Penick signing off.